Hello and welcome to the Denver Homes Market Report. This is Ricky Spoonover of Mo Denver Real Estate. This is the fourth episode and we are now in our third season. Last month we spoke about the abrupt change of heart the feds were taking with the interest rates. We all know the feds left the rates far too low for far too long. Now we are seeing what we typically see from the feds and that is them playing catch up. However, all is not lost. You know, I had lunch with one of my lender partners last week, and he shared with me some very valuable insights that I want to pass along to you today. Yes, we'll continue to hear the feds are raising rates. However, that's only one piece of the puzzle. The feds also run Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. These companies are backed by the federal government, and although they do not make the mortgages, they do buy and or back the debt. You know, we spoke about conforming loan limits last month and how many homes here in the Denver area are selling beyond the conforming loan amounts. However, there is still significant power in these companies, and that power comes from the federal government deciding if they are going to buy more debt or if they are going to limit the amount of loans they are willing to back. This is yet another financial lever the feds can pull and in fact, the amount of securities the feds are willing to buy affects the rates as much or even more than raising or lowering the rates themselves. Case in point, two weeks ago, the feds raised the rates by 75 basis points. Now, only six months ago, the feds had announced a tapering policy where they would slow the amount of debt they were buying, you know, which at one point was every month. 120 billion with a B, with 80 billion of that being treasury securities, while 40 billion each month were mortgage backed securities. So we got a one two punch with rates being raised with a one time hit, 75 basis points, which by the way is the biggest hit in decades, along with that announcement of the tapering monetary policy. Of course, the initial shock was the rates went up. However, when the feds confirmed they would continue to buy and back debt, they also assured the markets that they would closely monitor the inflation indicators and try to avoid plunging us into a deep recession. Subsequently, just last week, the rates actually came down just a bit. And as of this week, if you have excellent credit, you are putting down at least 20% on a house, which falls within the conforming loan limits for your region, you can expect a rate right around 5.8%. So as of this past week, we are now back below 6%. Now, 6% 6% sounds really high for somebody, especially for those who bought homes last year and locked in these low rates. If you listen to my program on a regular basis, you already know this. Last year, I flat out was not advertising towards buyers. If you were a would-be buyer last year, and you were hesitant for any reason, you know, except for those small percentage of buyers who have enough cash who can buy a house with no loans, you know, maybe those folks could hold out for a little longer. Minus those few cash buyers though, if you were not lining up to buy a home, and many were literally lining up and bidding in these massive wars, but if you thought, nah, I don't wanna be in a bidding war, I'm just gonna wait this one out. I'm sorry, but honestly, we had the perfect storm conditions 
with several indicators giving us strong signals to buy a home last year. If those were not enough to motivate you, I mean, some lucky buyers got 30-year fixed mortgages for under 3%. Under 3% for the life of their loan. As long as they don't refi or sell, that low fixed rate actually becomes free money after a couple of years. Once you take into account market growth and GDP adjustments. Here, let me spell out how lucky some of these buyers were who were willing to take the risk and they were rewarded with scenarios much like this. Let's look at a $500,000 loan at today's interest rate of 6%. That's interest only each month would be $2,500. So a 3% rate is half that or $1,250 per month. The same house, the same loan amount. One person who bought last year is paying $1,250 less than the person who is buying the home this year at 6%. Now, even if prices drop, I mean, if things really get bad, sure, we can have a separate conversation. However, as we'll discuss here in a few minutes, the housing market has a long way to go where it would need to see an abrupt change in direction in order to crash. The fundamentals and the numbers as of today do not lie. There is no major crash coming to Denver. We are not even close. In fact, we do not even have half the inventory we had pre-pandemic. And pre-pandemic was not a crashing market by any stretch. So we'll need to slow down by 50%. And we do that, we'll be back to where we were pre-pandemic. Then we'll have to slow down another 50% on top of that, just before we get into what I would consider a balanced market, much less of a crash. So what does that mean, a balanced market? You know, everyone's idea may be a little bit different when it comes to how you explain what a balanced market looks like. But as a realtor who has been helping clients buy and sell homes for over 18 years, here's my take on a balance. I would like to see an inventory of about 40 to 50,000 homes on the market each month. You know how many homes we had on the market this past June? We had just 16,000 homes for sale. You know how many homes we had in June of 2019, pre-pandemic? We had 32,000 homes for sale. Even way back then, we felt the market was too tight and that we did not have enough inventory at the 32,000 mark. So hopefully, we can not only get back to that number of 30,000 or so, but I would not consider the market balanced until we were about 40 to 50,000 homes for a June market. Now obviously seasonally adjusting from there for the demand. We all know the demand hits a peak in the spring and summer seasons. So as my focus will slowly start leaning back towards reaching out to potential buyers, there are many buyers out there who know in their heart of hearts if they were ready and able last year and for whatever their reasoning they decided to sit on the sidelines and watch the best buyer's market of all buyer's markets pass by you know in my opinion we just witnessed the best buyer's market in my last 18 years of selling real estate did every buyer win no of course not was there bidding wars yes were the prices shooting up and unsustainable? 
Yes. Here's the cold hard facts. We can always find reasons not to purchase something, especially when it comes to what, for many, might be the biggest purchase of their lives. Even in the hottest buyer's market in over two decades, there were qualified buyers out there finding a reason not to pull the trigger and buy a home. So if you were one of those buyers who tried but could not win, or maybe you really did not try at all, did you miss the boat? Should you now sit out this market and wait for the next three to five years as we go through this cycle? No, of course not. I mean, now you're beginning to have the upper hand. Prices are going to stop going up and most likely come down a little bit. If the bidding wars were scaring you off last year, well, guess what? Those bidding wars have largely subsided. We know the feds are not stopping the rate increases until inflation comes down. We know the prices of homes are going to level off. In fact, many of the new listings are coming to the market with much more realistic prices. And we are even seeing price reductions from those overly optimistic sellers who are now realizing the peak in their neighborhood may have passed. Yeah, I've been watching for this peak in a seller's market and the rates were just so low that for so long we could not hit that peak. But now rates are pushing 6% and I think we are finally hit that peak or at least we are cresting now. So should you buy a home now? Yes, a resounding yes. If you were a client of mine, I have probably shared with you my experience of buying three homes with very little money out of pocket through the middle 2000s and how it paid off for me big time. If you have not heard that story, it's on one of my podcasts from last year. If you can't find it, give me a call direct. I'll be happy to share my story with you on how I bought three homes and not only survived, but powered through and thrived through the biggest housing bust some would say we had not seen since the Great Depression. I not only survived, but all three homes made money. I learned a few things, and one of the biggest takeaways was do not try to time the market, don't overextend yourself, and don't worry about the real estate market cycle. It's going to happen over and over, and as long as you stay ahead of it, you'll be just fine. So now my focus of today's podcast turns to my sellers out there. If you own a home and you're thinking in the next five years or so that you'll likely sell your home, please take a moment right now to recognize we are very well on the tail end of what will be looked back on in the next year or so as the strongest seller's market we have seen in decades. I cannot say time has passed yet, but I do think right now we are watching the strong seller's market coming to an end before our eyes. Have we peaked? Hmm, I'm not so sure. I mean, we only had 16,000 homes for sale during the entire month of June of 2022. As I mentioned earlier, until we get to that 40 to 50,000 in a month of available homes in order to find that balanced market, we are nowhere near that. However, that can quickly change. And how fast that changes really depends on the overall economy. And if people start losing their jobs, that will start making headlines. Companies start massive layoffs. Things can 
quickly snowball into this self-fulfilling prophecy. However, as of today, looking at fundamentals, we are not there yet. Right now is a great time to sell, but if you don't think you need to panic or list just to list. If you are ready to sell, by all means. It's not going to get better in the few months to come. But I also don't see it becoming catastrophic in the next six months, where it becomes a terrible time to sell. But six months, six months from now, looking back, we'll likely recognize the peak is right now or very close. As inventory rises, and it will rise, there is no doubt in my mind. Our buyers will become increasingly with the upper hand and you'll be sitting longer on the market. The days of listing on Friday and waking up Monday to multiple offers over the asking price are all but gone. In fact, once we get to that 40 to 50,000 per month where I feel we'll be in a balanced market, here's what I would like to see. I wanna see honest listings where staging becomes very important Professional photography is not just a nice gesture. It's a requirement if you want to get your home sold at all. You know, the lazy listings where you walk around with your cell phone and snap some pictures, those folks are gonna be out of business. The speculators are out of the business. The corporations are no longer buying up homes at 200 to 500 at a time with cash. And realtors like me who love their jobs, love doing open houses and getting creative with happy hours and mixers, all to help your clients' homes sell. You know, not just on social media, but which is also important, but having time to publish your home in print media and actually having a few weeks to get responses back from those endeavors. A balanced market where it actually takes four to six weeks to get an offer. And during those four to six weeks, it was honest, hard work, reaching out to potential buyers for your home, reaching out to see if colleagues may have a buyer in the wings where your home would be a good fit. You know, just some real marketing. Not just where you get your home sold, but you get it sold for top dollar. And those top dollars are needing to be earned. You know, I love having new realtors become realtors. Don't get me wrong. However, I want realtors who come to our profession for the right reasons and have the heart it takes to do this business the right way and not those who think it's just time to jump in and jump out as soon as they don't close a deal in a month or two. I like building trust with my clients over years time and not just help someone once and be done with them, but rather be their trusted real estate advisor time and time again. Build those alliances with their family and friends and their colleagues and build that network of clients, which then becomes the heart of your business this is the type of business I have built and I will continue to build because that is the type of business that is not only very difficult to replicate, it's nearly impossible to replace. With all the technological advances we have had over the years, selling real estate is so nuanced and so complex that those who have thought they figured out the easy way out soon either find themselves roiled in lawsuits because they ultimately betray the public's trust or they are bankrupt as soon as the market shifts. You must take care of your clients in all phases of the real estate cycle and it will cycle. There is a reason we realtors adhere to a code of ethics 
and we serve our clients with a fiduciary duty. There is a reason the words I live by are modern marketing technology paired with timeless attention to detail and service. You know, we can always find innovative ways to market your home. However, that timeless attention to detail and service is what keeps me in tune with my clients. It's timeless for good reason. It works and it works long term. It's also very expensive and it requires constant follow-up. Most are too lazy or have not developed great systems. And that is what helps me stand apart. I'm relentless in my follow-up and I have developed great systems for keeping in touch with my clients. This podcast is just one of the many ways I keep up with my clients and potential clients. Okay, I know today's show went a bit long. Let's quickly jump into the numbers. We already know the number of homes we had available for sale in June of 2022 was just 16,000. We need that number to climb to about 40 to 50,000 before we are even in a balanced market. So historically low inventory coupled with a paltry 16 days average on market tells us both those numbers need to climb and we are nowhere near a real estate meltdown despite what the doomsdayers preach and I've been preaching and, and have been preaching for the past decade I may add so you can live your life balled up in a corner somewhere waiting for the next disaster to happen or you can live your life happily within your means knowing that there will be some ups and some downs that you'll need to manage I know for me personally I'll take the latter keep myself educated and do my best to stay afloat in this journey we call life. So we had 16,000 homes available for sale this past June. And when we compare that to last year of June 2021, we had the exact number of listings, about 16,000. And the days on market this year for June was 16 days. And last year, it was 22 days in market. And that, my friends, is going to close out today's podcast. You have been listening to the Denver Homes Market Report. This is your host and local realtor, Ricky Schoonover of Mode Denver Real Estate. If you are considering buying or selling your home, please give me a call. I would love to hear from you and learning what you have going on. My number here, as always, 720-688-5110. If you want more information, feel free to reach out to me through my website, denverhomesmarket.com. Thank you, and I hope you'll tune in next month.